Today I'm chatting with CEO and co-founder of Bitfury Surround, Stefan Schultz. How are you today, Stefan? I'm very good. Thank you very much. Excellent. Thanks for coming on the show. Excited to chat with you today. And how have you been holding up amidst the current crisis? Uh, actually, better than I thought. Even though I have to admit that uh, you know it's been um, it's been quite crazy to be so confined. Yeah. <laughs> Especially family, kids, dogs, everybody in one in in one house. So that's been like kind of challenging. But uh, I think we've gone. You know, we've we've actually made it uh, pretty well through the crisis so far. That's good to hear. I've got a serious, serious case of uh, quarantine hair myself. It's been growing quite long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, it's good, and it's also great not to, you know, not to travel so much on a, you know, by plane. So now we have Zoom and all these video conferences and stuff like that. A lot of telecommunications. So I thought it was, you know, we're gaining a little bit of efficiency here, and then at the same time, also you realize that you have very little time because everything is so packed and completely to the contrary, you know, to what you would think being mm. at home. Certainly, you know, it's a good thing that we have all this infrastructure at the same time. Yeah, definitely travel's been off the table and uh, I recently became a digital nomad and then this, this pandemic came along and I haven't been able to travel, but, you know, I guess all in, all in good time, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, what are some of the unique challenges streaming poses when it comes to the, the collection of recording and publishing royalties? I think it's not so much, uh, you know, the, I mean, the challenges basically are how would you be able to unfold the true value of an intellectual property asset mm. or a song in this case, or a movie or a video or whatever, but basically a video or a song um, across the board. If you, if you really look into all the digital exploitation um, scenarios and streaming of course is the biggest one of those and um, so I would say one of the challenges is of course the efficient um, administration of the uh, of the flow of the value another thing is of course I mean the, the whole way the administration is set up is, is of course very it's a very uh, I would say an antique uh, structure Mm-hmm. And it's also not very efficient. And then at the same time, you know, to, to install a consistent consistent data set um, uh, with regards to the um, t- the ownership, the origin, you know, the all the all kind of protection matters for, of the asset. But at the same time, um, to make it fit uh, into the into the um, let's say uh, kind of. Uh, you know, commercial, uh, like real commercial data play, that is out there. That is, um, of course, very different from a from a traditional licensing scheme. And um, you know, in in our industry, we are not really capable of um, you know meeting the standards that you normally would uh, you know, that 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 have been kind of established by Silicon Valley and you know, like all the big platforms mm-hmm. uh, with regard to this. So those challenge—that's a big challenge, um, because we we have to kind of uh, come to a to a level playing field um, between the um, intellectual property industry and the data industry, and that's 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 a tough one. 
Yeah, I guess one of the main things artists would probably notice just in their day-to-day life is staring at their dashboard, looking at their, their accounting and seeing those numbers coming through like months later or weeks later, depending on how fast the whole system is. And as we know, it's not fast. It's actually quite slow. Yeah. Yeah, there is a there is a, there are several things in here that are um, you know linked to the to the value itself, and you know one of them is of course the speed. Uh, the other one is actually the um, administrative architecture, which is mm. if you look at a you know for example you look at a, some some sort of a you know a vessel or something like that, and you're trying to pour some water it, it really depends on you know how wide is the how narrow how wide is the the outlet there um you you know like the numbers that you see even if they make sense which is already a big challenge the other question is to what extent are they the real numbers representing the value that you should be able to realize in the big ocean of data out there and that is definitely something um what I can say, for at least from a from an artist perspective, or from a from an intellectual prop like copyright owner perspective, could also be a label or publisher or anybody. It's uh, you have absolutely no visibility on what these numbers mean in the overall value generation of your content. Mm. Yeah, that's a great point. Like if people properly understood what their data is, they could make more decisive commitments to whatever it is that's going to boost their their rankings or their revenue or whatever their goals might be without that knowledge yeah it's a lot harder i know that in my case you know i've had one track pulled from spotify because they claim there was a bot that was listening to it at the best of my knowledge no bot (laughs) and uh you know i also had a single that apparently did very well in europe but i never saw any royalties or any money from that so it's like you know in a world of shadow banning and and random acts of who knows you know sabotage uh it's a challenging it's a challenging landscape very very challenging and it's impossible the the the, the main problem that we are facing is and and that's not only because of safe harbor and all these guys, all these things but the main thing is that you have a consolidation of power and and, and like kind of a kind of a um uh you know a, a asymmetry that is given by the system um that is always tending to go and flow into the direction of as somebody that accumulates the most of its kind. So, for example, if it's data, then of course the platform economy would ca- capture the most, uh, you know, accumulate the, the highest amount of value. And then, of course, they would also accumulate the most, uh, you know, like power and they have it in their hands. Now, as an individual, if you just have one song, for example, so you're one, you're, you're a creator and you just have one piece, how, what can you do? You know, if I cannot even change the privacy rules of Facebook as a user without <laughs> government and people making a lot of noise, what can I do as an individual artist in such an ocean, you know? Yes. And that is that is a huge that's a huge one, you know, a huge challenge. 
Absolutely. And I think it's it's good to build awareness for it. Even if we don't have the decisive solution, I think you're working on one of the one of the solutions that's going to make a difference. But uh, government control and bureaucracy is probably always going to be there. So it's really going to be a thing of how do we navigate it? You know, on YouTube and so forth, people are talking about demonetization and channels being deleted and COPPA and all this other stuff. So, yeah, that just adds to the complexity and challenge overall absolutely yeah and i can tell you that from our perspective from my perspective in this case uh, you know when i'm talking about this is that you know the the the, the, this what is it called Um, mismatching uh value create uh let's say um capturing of value and or distribution of value is basically very obvious if you look at the if you look at them you know let's say financial uh you know you look at the financial data you look at the let's say 10 biggest platforms in the world and how they actually you know have reached a market cap of 2000 billion or even higher and they manage to you know let's take away covid for a moment but they can but they certainly manage to to grow compound annual growth rate kind of thing uh, by like 30-40% on that level. I mean, this is just absolutely crazy. If you really compare it to like a music industry with somewhere like in the 20 million billions and then you grow by let's say 8%, right? So like it's so an, it's such an underproportional growth that there is something wrong for sure in that system. Mm. Wow, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and if you, if, yeah, sorry. No, it's okay. Go ahead. No, and then the the other thing is, if you are, let's say, participating in an underproportional way, or uh, you know, in an in a in a in a in a, in a, in a like not um, comparable way, or let's say you you are participating in a in a um, in a way that is inferior to the uh, to the other side, then you know this this is also a clear uh you know this is also a very very um sorry i lost my point right now because i'm i'm actually thinking about this you know participation um in a sense that if there's more content out there and there's more people producing content every day yes and there's more creativity across the globe yes. that that means automatically you dilute like crazy and if you already dilute in an unfair, let I'm not saying fair because fair is not really right, but it's if you dilute very much amongst your peers in a system or in a in a marketplace that is not, let's say, uh, 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 leveled, yeah, then you of course have a huge disadvantage. And in fact, that means that the more content is being created across the globe, more people, more content, more output. Um, you know, the system is eating it up and it will, you know, ultimately lead to the fact that, um, you know, like on an, on a, on a content by content basis, you will lose a lot of lifetime value. And that's a big problem. Yeah. I think part of what you're saying there is earth's population is quickly rising to 8 billion people. There's 24,000 songs released every day, 1 million tracks every six weeks. There's more content, meaning there should be more engagement because everyone has family, everyone has friends and friends and family are usually the first supporters of, of the people that they love and the music they make. So you're absolutely right. I think you make a good point that overall, engagement should only be on the up and up 
but it, the yeah. system is not reflecting that. Not at all. Yeah. And this is why we are we are we are like talking about something that is, um, if you will, like a uh, like an artistic, uh, you know, uh, kind of dilution and inferiority. Inferior. That's what I was looking for. Hmm. Um, that is uh, that is given that is system given. And if you if you if you combine this with the lack of authority, <laughs> because you give your rights everywhere, but it's a, you have absolutely no way of controlling what you're doing, then this is, uh, I think it's a very, very dangerous cocktail. Yes. Yeah. And then to be quite honest, we are not, if you, if you really look a little bit uh, from the outside into this market, um, I think you don't really get excited about it because in terms of like numbers, right? Yeah. So if I'm if I'm an investor or if I'm a, a big you know like group, we always I've been working now with entertainment uh, with um, you know with big uh, corporations and um, you know we've been monetizing our content as a as I when I was this chief digital officer at Universal Music, then basically you know it's uh, they were always you know these big corporations they were looking at entertainment more as a you know some kind of a toy you know. So it's a little, it's funny, it's great, you have some user engagement, it's amazing how many data points we can generate, but if you really look at it, the industry has not grown actually since 2002, right? So the numbers, huh. they are now reaching 2002, so I mean, there's not so much to celebrate. It's nice, it's great, there's more significance towards the, towards what, what, with regards to the content, but the value growth is so underproportional that from my perspective, we should be more concerned than celebrating. Hmm. Good point. I, I think this is a multi-billion dollar industry. And yet, uh, you know, myself, people in my mastermind group, other music educators that I've had on the podcast all seem to agree this is still the hardest industry to make it in. It's the easiest industry probably to generate um, data points. Yes. And if data is the, you cannot, I mean, it's almost ridiculous if you talk about data and oil now because oil is at zero, but you know what I mean? It's like, if it is really, uh, uh, you know, if it is really valuable and it's creating a lot of value and the data points are the new value, then you should ask yourself, I generate, let's say as a Billie Eilish, 1 billion data points in, in I don't know, like 48 hours. And at the same time, you know, the the significance of uh, of what we are doing, and 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 uh, I would say the the average income of all the individual artists out there is is uh, in decline. You know, and yeah. that's that is something that is really weird. Right. A lot of people would maybe just look at that and go, "Okay, that's because there's more competition than ever before." But like we were saying earlier, there's more engagement than ever before. So. The fact that artists' income is declining doesn't actually make sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you know, if you really look at it from an from an administrative perspective, yeah, and you look at it from like a kind of uh, you know visibility, um, you know, like um, that you understand what's going on with your staff and 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 protection and authority, and you know, so you will be able to connect to all these different usage scenarios in a much better way, make it more transparent, and of course. You know, this would automatically create a value shift, a lift. You know, mm. so it would get, would bring up the, the 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 overall value. But if you cut two or three different administrative steps, then of course you 
you times your productivity, right? That's one. That's one big thing. The uh, so that would that would I in other words, what I'm saying is even if you have more content coming into the pool, I would still assume that there is a huge potential by um, you know like if we get the the metadata business under control, if we get the streamline the processes, and if we work like. Uh, at arm's length with the with the big platforms, which really you know it, are not creating uh, 150 data pools. <laughs> if you look at ask Apple to, uh, or, or Google to work with such kind of an ancient uh, 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 you know uh, system where we have like I don't know 260 collecting societies and everybody, it's not it's not that there are too many. I'm I'm just saying that there's too much information out there that's not consistent, so it causes a lot of friction and it really also causes a loss a, a huge loss of productivity so this is this is this is one big thing the other thing is that i think um if you are able today to monetize individual data points so like for example you're talking about the family you know you can also refer to the families now that are tuning into disney and all this class disney plus and all these things so and many 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 people do many things now in terms of like how they handle content the information behind that is valuable, of course. Now, if I put this information in a, into a marketplace scenario, that is, for example, uh, you know, uh, like an auction-based advertising system in the case of Google, right? That would mean that they can individualize each data monetization scenario they want in real time. And the craziest thing is, they can actually do an auction <laughs> and have people increase the price by themselves. So now, on the other hand, if I look at the connecting point and say it's a it's a content piece, okay, <laughs> Somebody, uh, this piece is not even able to individually determine its price point in YouTube. In YouTube. <laughs> so. You understand what I mean? It's like yeah. It's like crazy. If you if you suggest today to let's say uh, I'm just making it up, you suggest today to a brand, I don't know, like Vans or whatever Rolex or whatever you like, right? Take any brand, right? Um, and you suggest, okay, I give my I give my product to a retail store. But I have absolutely no control to what price they sell. I have absolutely no control how they operate, how they place it in the in the in the in the um, in the windows. Whatever they do, I have absolutely no control. That yeah. means I could not even I could I, I would destroy my brand because I don't even understand how the value is being genera uh, uh, you know uh, how the value is being first of all generated and then afterwards even attributed to me. A company like Porsche, Rolex, or these guys, they would never th allow this to happen. In fact, they even control the secondary markets, right? But yeah. artists just say, oh, put my stuff on Spotify, great. And that's it. End of yeah. discussion. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically <laughs> it's been that way since the days yeah. of iTunes, right? When pretty yeah. much all prices were suddenly standardized. Yes, and in our case, um, I've, I used to work with Vivendi because I was with at Vivendi. You know, when when I was in the music uh, in the movie industry for uh, TV industry for a couple of years because we were creating a pan-European kind of Netflix platform, and I was working with uh, you know like um, Breaking Bad and all these guys. 
I noticed that the movie industry is completely different, right? Just imagine if you see that the system itself is generating too much value and you are Disney, you say, bye-bye, Netflix. That's it. Because it doesn't pay for me. I take my entire content out of this and I create a new environment which I believe is better for me, right? And this is the kind of discussion that in the music industry is for the moment by nature of the, the way that the infrastructure is working, not working. So, for example, if I said, I give you an example, uh, Marilyn Manson, Halloween receives not 0.4 cents per stream, but two cents. Hmm. Okay, just for 48 hours around Halloween time. For the moment, the infrastructure does not allow for that where Google can individualize each data point even by second. Because they, okay, well, only between eight and nine at night, this, you know, this thing is happening and I'll get four times the money and stuff like that. This is the, this, those are those capabilities that are very, very normal in the world of Silicon Valley are not normal to, uh, to, our, um, uh, to our industry. And that's, that's a huge, huge loss of value here. Hmm. That is absolutely fascinating. I think we've painted a good picture of what the problem <laughs> is. Uh, and, and now we want to begin talking a little bit about the solution as well. I, I mean, I could go down that track forever, but I figure, you know, we'll have you on the show anyway, and, and you're proposing solutions. So we should talk about that as well. So, you know, it's not hard for me to see how blockchain technology could represent uh, solution when it comes to the collection of realties, you know, it'd be instantaneous, irreversible, transparent. But I would love to hear your thoughts on what you see as being possible that was previously limited by lesser technology. I think that, um, you know, from a, let's say from a, uh, from a perspective of a marketeer, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a very, that's a very important thing to look at it from a from a from a marketing uh, from a let's say from a marketing and business perspective, because the scientific perspective has been very much limited to the metadata problem, right? Yes. And uh, certain solutions that are more, I would say, mechanic and they are in the background and they are not really very sexy in terms of how you adopt them and how you work and interoperate with them. So um, from, a, from a marketing perspective, from a sales perspective, from a business perspective, um, and also from, let's say, more like, a, you know, like an overall financial asset management perspective, because actually content that we are talking about, intellectual property, copyrights, they are true assets, like a house, like anything else. They're very well protected, but not very well. The protection is not very well executed, right? So mm-hmm. that means that um, so the theoretic protection is strong, but the real, the real you know the, the protection against value loss has always been very very bad. It's it's it has a lot to do with broadcasting rights and other things. I don't want to go in there, but main, mainly um, you know this is um, uh, from a from a marketeer perspective, we need to have a commercial solution. Okay, so the solution that gives you money and that provides you value. So, in my opinion, we have to really deep look deep into the uh, into um, let's say infrastructure uh, play that allows a new commercial uh, let's say uh, operation 
um, for the uh, for the for the market. And this operation, this this kind of um, you know, let's say infrastructure, uh, the last one that was really successfully introduced was centralized, which is um, as you remember, um, Apple and um, iTunes. Yeah. Um, you know, because it was very well, very very well uh, constructed, and it was just it was just so necessary to do something. The market was really in turmoil. There was nothing happening there. There was a lot of piracy, and you know, I was in the middle of that at that time. And then you, and then you, you, you had Sony really being completely lost in their flat screen play, and and they didn't, they 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 didn't do the right things except for the PlayStation. So they really lost <laughs> everything with the with the with the um, uh, Walkman. So that was the perfect environment, um, and the computers sucked in terms of like how they looked like and stuff like that. So this whole infrastructure play there was amazing, right? And Nokia was not really very well prepared and all this kind of stuff. So that means that infrastructure introduction, end-to-end, closed, walled garden, but at the same time open to all developers, that was the killer, right? So it carried us for like 10 years. And... Um, and now I think the next thing that needs to happen is we need to introduce an infrastructure that is the next generation infrastructure hmm. for the market. And this infrastructure is very likely to be open and it will be very likely decentralized. And it has to, it has to, you know, it has to offer, let's say, a playing field uh, with regards to all the different industries attached regardless of the power that they carry and bring to the market. So asymmetries, in a sense, that are God-given today, just by the nature of how big organizations are and platforms are and the data play is, these have to be equaled out and leveled out. So this is why, this is the perspective that I look at it, uh, you know, from my perspective, this is something that calls for uh, a, a kind of a you know very mild um, blockchain um, scenario in the background that allows you to connect the dots in the sense that these dots will be commercially active in the long run. It's going to take six, eight, ten years, right? It's not going to be overnight. It will never yeah. happen. It's too too complex. But uh, I would envisage us to have an internet of content potentially in the next um, six to eight years that is going to uh, allow creators to make so much more money and to have such a better perspective, uh, you know, um, commercial perspective that the market is not growing by six, eight percent, but really exponentially growing. And that's what brings us to the same level as, for example, Google and these guys, because everything then 10x, as you remember, they don't even care about, you know, I mean, they don't touch it if it's not 50% a bit, they want to always grow, you know, exponentially, because that's what the shareholders expect. And this kind of scenario, this is, this is only possible if, if we come to, 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 uh, to an infrastructure that is, that allows this to happen. Now, one of the one of the major impediments and blocking uh, points here is that we are talking not about a data point or about, um, let's say, a piece of code, but we're talking about a very complex, let's say, uh, you know, uh, work, piece of art. 
in the sense I know I remember I used to work, you know, very complex with so many complex, uh, complicated uh, artist scenarios and and shareholder asset asset management scenarios in terms of artists like most of the people know the who you know where Pete Townsend is really you know not very much friendly with with uh, the other guys in the band at that time at least you know you know that this is such a very <laughs> very complex collaborative environment that i think in order to come to a collaborative commerce play that allows for quick exponential growth you need to have a neutrality in terms of how to collaborate and with blockchain you don't have to ask for this because it's given in the code so nobody will be let's say inferior or minor uh, you know uh, as uh, superior towards each other in one band or in one creation scenario right mm -hmm. because it's you the the, the 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 rules are transparent and the way that they interoperate they will always be able to rely on each other even if they hate each other which is a very interesting thing from an from an artist perspective because we have so many scenarios that are really calling for this kind of thing right so yeah. either not because you don't like each other but also because it's very complex with contracts and different people working to with each other and they don't really trust each other so so this is kind of i think the perfect environment to to go um to to have it as a strong very strong uh, blockchain backbone that can also scale that's another problem by the way yeah i do recognize too i wrote i read blockchain revolution and it identified quite a few challenges connected to blockchain and deploying it at a much larger scalable level but uh it's it's great to hear you explain how long you expect that to take and and even talk about some of the challenges so you really answered some of my next questions which is which is great um one of the advantages of the blockchain is that it could present new opportunities for monetization. And the possibilities are kind of beyond overwhelming. But what kinds of revenue streams do you see as being viable? Yeah, so uh, I would say that it's very, it's very hard to answer this question. If I was, if I was like on day one now, um, just, just compare it to the App Store for a second. Mm. I remember I brought my first iPhone 1 to some of my artists at that time, and they loved it when we came from the U.S. And I just gave them as a gift, and they are still talking about it. It was very much, you know, very exciting. And if you remember, we had like 10 apps on it. I think. No more. So how many apps do we have today? Tons. Million. Tons, tons. tons. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, well, you know, first of all, you would have made many mistakes by predicting what's going to happen. So one of the big things that I can tell you about is that you would, you would have made a big mistake in terms of how the gaming world plays out. Because everything, everybody was on console, and you would ah yeah, Call of Duty, perfect, let's go. Now, for 15 years, it was not even happening. Now you have the first real acceptable version of Call of Duty on an iPhone or on an iPad. So, in other words, Candy Crush and all these guys was much more feasible, right? So you would be like, you take like very you know low key fun games, very you know n not like two billion in development, right? And 
you know, there were also complete different people playing with this. So, you know, like female uh, uh, demographics where everybody was super surprised. So things all of a sudden went in a, in a completely crazy direction, right? Mm -hmm. Just because of the fact that developers could do things all of a sudden. Now, we have to be a little bit careful with, with our predictions because, you know, now we would say, oh, right, let's take all the Spotify's and all these guys and then, they, you know, now they will have to timestamp and they have to go on the blockchain, da-da-da-da-da. You get more visibility, you extract more value. Could be, yes, great. You potentially have other services that would compete um, because then all of a sudden, you know, you have a level playing fleet, so everybody could be like kind of become a Spotify, right? Yes. And then, and then, and then this is this is I think one scenario that is potentially very likely, but it will take time, and it's also very very interesting to it will be very interesting to see how this plays out. But not only a few people think that in the end, potentially every artist will become a DSP, you know, mm. so. That's going to be a crazy world out there where everything is with connected with everybody's connected with everybody and everybody will be remunerated and it's all connected uh, through blockchain because then the money flow will be like crazy, you know, like 10 people will participate in different countries. And so that's that's one thing. So you will be encouraged to become a DSP. You will be encouraged to work with with repertoire. So this is this is I think um, you know on the streaming side I think this is going to potentially um, increase the number of of, of DSPs um, by uh, an almost unlimited uh, factor. Wow! And then at, and then you have uh, all the different scenarios how to of how to interact or inter, interact and interoperate with content, which is today still very tricky i i was uh, the head of you know i was basically managing the licensing department in central eastern europe for universal and then you know you start doing this it's sometimes still quite manual then you cannot reach the you cannot reach the artist clearances are deferred and delayed and and then uh, morrissey doesn't have a fax machine I, i'm really talking old school talk now right and mm. then you cannot read them and then on the other hand you have people who want to interoperate they cannot interoperate the rules are not clear contracts cannot be made blah 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 super difficult to interoperate with this industry right yeah now you take it out of the context put it into something that is easy and scalable and you can just connect because it's pre-cleared and then you go I would assume there is thousands of developers and people that would love to work with content if it was that easy. I don't get sued. Contracts are automatic. <laughs> I yeah. can test a little bit. I don't have to be like, uh, you know, humiliated by some marketing people that tell me I want a minimum guarantee of 200 million. I'm a startup. I only have 80,000. You know what I mean? Even for my own employees. So, so the whole... The, and then and then the delays and, and, and stuff like that. So I think there will be a, a, a big number of use cases that we cannot even imagine if we facilitate the interoperability. And that's a big thing. Yeah, yeah. It sounds absolutely explosive. And <laughs> that's an interesting conversation as well. I want to shift into the next part now. And that's a little bit more about you personally and the various ventures that you've had. So what are some of the biggest challenges you've overcome in your various ventures? 
you you want you want to have my uh, I mean the answer the answer to this is um, is is uh, of course not that easy but I can tell you first of all the alignment of capital to the, to to connect or let's say to come to a point where the uh, the capital understands what you want to do and supports and scales with you you know, on that, uh, around that specific venture. And, uh, and the reason for that is that it, you know, sometimes capital is not very patient. Sometimes um, there is a lot of political capital out there. So, you know, um, and then there is also, also a little bit of, um, I would say, uh, frustration if it, if it comes to working with creative people, right? Yeah. So, so this is one of the. I think this is one of the things. It's still very alien to put money together with content and with technology. Uh, a lot of frustrations. Um, also, uh, I was a little bit, you know, lucky to to and, and also an entrepreneur enough to overcome this. Is of course the whole legal side, right? Yes. Because in order in order to move, you know. You have to shoot. It's like in the Wild West. I'm, I mean, you, you've, you've, we've all observed Mark Zuckerberg and all these guys, right? I mean, if, if, if the default question would have, I mean, if the default status would have been to ask and to get lawyers and everybody on board, Facebook would be, I, it would be nothing today, right? It would not exist. So means, yeah. Yeah. It would probably not exist because you have to move. Now, moving. In our environment is is like moving in quicksand. So, so that's that's another thing, big challenge. Um, and with regard to how does the programming and how does the production or, and and your your, your product uh, itself um, accelerate and test and and the, you know let's say um, how do you do the, the you know like go for the iterate and all this kind of stuff compared to the gaming industry for example or compared to disney where you own all the characters much much easy right in 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 our business it's more tricky because you 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 cannot automatically do what you want so you have to you, you always have to be a little bit you know prepared to get in conflict with uh certain uh, copyright you know, organizations in each country and all this kind of stuff. And streamline, let's, uh, you know, put together the, the content in a way that you can act quickly. So that's also been a challenge. And if you want to do that and adopt uh, that and your product, then, of course, the product is suffering a little bit because you cannot develop the product in the speed that you would like sometimes, right? Of course. Um, so so this, this is the thing. The, the other thing is that, it's a very complex world uh, if you come to music, if it comes to music, because there is a, in, in, in order to provide an, a compelling, um, let's say, uh, offer to the audience, then you normally have to be able to, to have a full catalog in order to play with the, with the audience. Or at least you have to be understanding how can you, how, how can you work with the uh, with the content you have in order to create a compelling uh, offer, right? Yeah. So uh, this this I think in a gamified way with TikTok, for example, is is a little bit easier. It's great uh, than it is for uh, let's say a competitor of Spotify, right? Um, but so this those are I think 
I think the uh, you know the, the the main challenges, and then of course, uh, what has always been difficult is to to let's say overcome this kind of uh, market share politics. Uh, you know, label scenario. That was in the past a big problem. Now it's not so much because everybody understands they have to go all in in order to grow the market. So, so those are like just some examples. Those are some, yeah, those are some fantastic examples. And then on the flip side of that, what are some of the greatest victories you've experienced? To be honest, I have, and, and I have to really think about it again mm. to be really, really, uh, uh, you know, honestly, uh, I think the most, the biggest victories in my life now in 20 years in, in digital business, they have been with the, with the most simplistic products. Hmm. Yeah. And, um, and in a sense that even my friends, my artists, you know, some of the artists called me and say, what is this bullshit? What the hell is ring? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So we were selling ringtones. I remember, uh, I think I, I have several awards here with like 100 million and 50 million, 200 million ringtones. I think we sold like, I don't know. I remember Mar Mario Winans and Eminem just in Germany. I think in one week, we sold something like 500,000 ringtones for $3. Can you imagine? In one country. Wow. So it's, of course, a very simple product. People liked it. It worked. Boom. Okay, so so this kind of stuff, what you know, sometimes you may not think it's a very very fancy and elaborate thing, but it makes a lot of money. And these kind of uh, this is the kind of um, you know experience that I've made. The easier it gets, whatever we were doing this Netflix thing, you put TV shows on it, boom, very easy to retrieve. You just stream, that's it, right? So these kind of things where it where it's where the flow is easy for the consumer, it's entertaining. You can you know you can uh, potentially even uh, show off with it, like with the ringtones and stuff. Great. I just recently learned also that um, you know uh, in 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 the gaming industry, it's um, you know it's also pretty much the same. That the, the the number of casual games is, is has been so much. I mean, they was so much exploding that it over. You know, it basically killed more or less uh, big, big, big. Uh, you know, um, of the big franchises that used to exist before. So, I think that's uh, that's um, that is it. It's simplicity wins, and you have to be fast. Mm -hmm. And and those were the those were the the, the big things. Absolutely. I think, you know, the tried and true and tested and the proven paths to monetization yeah. and success are far more reliable than trying to be a Mark Zuckerberg or some kind of innovator. And that goes for music, yeah. too, for sure. Yeah. So look at VAR, VR. It's difficult, you see. Absolutely, it is. Uh, but to charge an SMS uh, through a mobile network, boom, one click, basta. You don't even have to sign a contract. Yeah. No, that's really cool. So thank you so much for today's conversation. I am going to have to wrap it up because I got to jump on my next call. Maybe we'll have to catch up again in the future. But uh, sure. thank you for your time and generosity, Stefan. Is there anything else I should have asked? Uh, I had one thing, but I, I think, you know, I forgot it now because it's kind of late here. Yes. Uh, I think we covered I think we covered a lot. So, so that's... Uh, 
that's absolutely great. I'm I'm really I really appreciate that we could have talked uh, that we that we spoke. Three career-killing mistakes all musicians make. Do you know what they are? I want you to have this. It's at musicentrepreneurhq.com slash free dash report. That's free dash report. And as you might have guessed, you can get it entirely for free. And if you'd like to support the ongoing creation of great podcast content like this, you can go to patreon.com slash new music industry and consider becoming a patron. I'm David Anjouib, and I look forward to seeing you on the stages of the world. Thank you for listening. Music in this episode was brought to you by Brian Young. Wherever you're listening to this right now, please consider leaving a five-star review and comment to help us get the word out about the podcast. Thank you.